I hate to say this, but I made the grave mistake when it comes to recording a podcast, which is I did not turn my mic on. So this is the second full time that I've recorded this episode, but you know what? That's okay. <laughs> my name's Ian Kenrick, and uh, I'm the host of this show. I appreciate you taking time to listen to this episode today. My guess is you're familiar with the podcast that I used to do, Ion Motive, where we talk about topics of motivation, mental health, and things like that. I stepped away from doing that for a little while, um, just focused on some other things. But with my new career as a real estate agent in Brighton, Michigan, I felt like it was a great opportunity to start doing the podcast again. So my plan with this is to be a positive voice for the people I work with as a realtor, for my clients, but I also coach football now at Heartland High School. So my goal is to hopefully give some advice to the players that I coach. Um, and lastly, I really just want to be a positive voice for my friends and my family, for the people I grew up with who are maybe in a similar situation as, as I am or you know, ultimately, I just want to be a positive voice for anybody who will listen. So I, I hope that that's you. I hope that you get some value out of this episode today. What we're going to be talking about is achieving goals. Um, yeah, nice, nice topic, Ian. <laughs> but more specifically, we're going to be talking about when you're working towards a goal and you hit a roadblock. Because that happens more often than, than we would originally think. So let's get a little more specific with this. When we start working towards a goal that we have, we, we feel good at the start, right? We feel motivated. We see that we're making progress. We feel like we're taking the right steps. At some point, we realize something that is true of almost every goal we'll ever work towards. And that is that it is going to be much more difficult to achieve than we had originally thought. So at some point, we, we hit a roadblock. and Sometimes what we do, instead of increasing our action to overcome that obstacle and reach our goal, we change our goal. So we decrease our goal instead of increasing our action. So in this episode today, I'm going to talk about some of the things that we can do to overcome those roadblocks, to take the extra step and make our goal our reality. So the best way to talk about this is with a couple of examples. I'll talk about it. Uh, in relation to first-time homebuyers, and then I'll also relate it to football as well. So if you're like me, if you're 23, there's a good chance you're looking to buy your first home. Uh, that's a great goal. It's a goal that I have. It's a goal that I'm working towards. But right now, you might feel discouraged. You might look at the interest rates and see, oh my gosh, they are high and they're causing my monthly payment or what would be my monthly payment to be drastically higher than I would like them to be. Here's an example of what that might look like. So I just plugged this into Google, uh, literally just looked up mortgage rate calculator or something like that to get these numbers. So let's say that on a 30-year, $240,000 loan with a 7.76% interest rate, which is kind of where they are today. I don't know the exact numbers. But let's say that's what you have to work with. So a 30-year $240,000 loan with a 7.76% interest rate equates to a monthly payment of $1,721. Okay, so if we take that same loan 
30 years, $240,000, but we changed the interest rate to 3.76%, which is not far off from where they were a few years ago. Our monthly payment drops to $1,113, which is $600 less. So right now we're working with interest rates that are increasing our monthly payments or what would be our monthly payments drastically. And it's making it much more difficult, especially for first time home buyers. Another problem that we have is that there's not much on the market. You know, we we probably don't have the income if you're a first-time home buyer to go buy a $400,000 house, a $500,000 house, right? We want to look for something cheaper. Maybe you're looking in the $200,000 range, but there's not that many houses in that price range in in this area right now. So what are we going to do to overcome some of these obstacles and to hit our goal? I'm not saying go ahead and make a risky financial decision at, at the moment. What I do want to say is that we shouldn't shrink our goal. Okay, we shouldn't step away from home ownership. If that's something that you want, something that you really desire, then we need to figure out how we're going to achieve it. We shouldn't just say, oh, it's okay. I'm going to put it off for 10 years. No. Um, you know, if that's a goal you want, you should go for it. You need to achieve it. That's that's what you want. Let's Let's figure out how to make it happen. Again, maybe you wait a year because the interest rates are so high and you suspect that they're going to come down at some point in the future. Maybe you wait a year to save some more money. That's fine too. But what I don't want you to do is dismiss your goal entirely because it's hard right now. We need to figure out how we can do a little bit more to achieve it. So let's talk about this with, again, some real life examples. If you're in that position, well, maybe you have a couple conversations with some financial professionals. Maybe you reach out to a realtor to figure out how you can set up a search more tailored for the criteria of the house that you would like to live in. Maybe they can give you some market knowledge and provide you with some feedback, provide you with some insights. Maybe they can connect you with a lender. Uh, a lender will be able to tell you, hey, you know, you don't have to necessarily do the typical 20% down payment like we like we so often hear about. You know, I there are options for first-time home buyers with drastically reduced down payments. So maybe it's 3%, maybe it's 5%. Maybe you have a conversation with a financial planner to help figure out how you can save money. Maybe you look at your budget a little bit. Let's get a little more concrete. Let's say you decide, I want to buy a $250,000 house with a 3% down payment because the lender told me that that was something I can do. Okay, great. Now, 3% of $250,000 is $7,500. Let's say you have no savings at all. We need to figure out how we're going to get you from zero to 7,500. Let's say you want to do that in a year. How do you all of a sudden come up with $7,500? Well, for one, sure, you could put a little more money aside every single week. But let's figure out some of the habits that we can develop. Let's see how we can increase our action to, to do that. One of the best things you could do is find a way to increase your income. So you can do that by... A, working longer hours. Maybe instead of working 40 hours, you work 44. You work 10% more. Okay, that's a great place to start. Maybe you try to take on more responsibility. You take on a leadership role. You do more so that you move up into a position where you're able to get paid more. Maybe you, maybe you get a raise. Okay, those are both great options. Maybe you've already been doing that. Maybe you've been doing the extra work. Maybe you've been putting in extra hours. And all it takes is having a conversation with your superior, with your boss. Maybe you go to them and say, hey, this is what I've been doing for the last three months. I think it's been beneficial to you. I think it's been beneficial to the company. 
I would like to be paid this going forward. This is how I'm going to get even better. That's a great, that's a great idea. That is a very realistic possibility. Let's say your boss says, yeah, I acknowledge that you've been doing very, very well. I'll give you a $2 raise. You're paid hourly. A $2 raise equates to roughly $4,000 a year. Okay. That's more than half of the down payment. That's more than half of the $7,500 that we need to reach this goal. So we still got to come up with $3,500. How else can we do that? Maybe we can do that by saving money. Again, I know that sounds simple, but let's think about this. If you're like me, you like to go out to eat. I love going out to eat. I have no problem saving money in most areas of my life, but when it comes to food, that's, that's my weakness. That's my guilty pleasure. I love going to get Chipotle for my lunch instead of packing a lunch. I love going to Culver's and getting a large milkshake. I love going out to eat on the weekends, whether it's going out in the evening, hanging out with some friends, or waking up and going to get brunch at one of the local places in town. That, that's my problem. However, with prices being worth where they're at, it's very easy to rack up a bill pretty quickly. So in this example, if you're going out with your significant other, if you go out twice a week, which plenty of people do, there's a good chance that at each meal, each time you go out, you're spending $60 between the two of you. If you go out in the evening, maybe you get an appetizer, maybe you get a drink, and then you get your meal between two people, that can very easily be $50. And then on top of that, you have a 20% tip. So you're racking up $60 every time you go out. Well, if you go out twice, that's $120 a week. That's quite a bit of money. If you just cut back a little bit, if you say, all right, this is our goal. Instead of going out twice a week, we're going to go out once a week. Instead of spending $120 on food, we're only going to spend $60. So now you're saving $60 a week, okay, over 50 weeks in the year just to make it a nice, easy number. That's $3,000. So between getting the raise, the $2 raise, and not going out to eat twice a week, only going once, you've accumulated $7,000 of the $7,500. And now you just got to put a little bit aside each week to make that goal a reality. I get that that's a gross oversimplification of the process, but here's what you need to do with this. If you take some time, if you look at your life, you'll realize that there are probably some things that you're currently not doing that you know you should be doing. I know I have plenty of those things. I'm not trying to single anybody out. That's, that's true of almost everybody. I'm going to say that's true of everybody. We know there are things we could be doing to better our position. On the flip side, we know that there are things we are currently doing that we don't need to be doing that are holding us back from moving forward. So think about discipline in two ways. Discipline is having the ability to do things that you don't want to do to move forward, but it's also the ability to stop yourself from doing things you do want to do so that you can still move forward. You can think about it in two different ways. The discipline to start moving forward and the discipline to stop moving backwards. Uh, I think that's a helpful, helpful framework to adapt. So that's a great example for first time home buyers. Uh, now let's talk about it in relation to football. Okay, what's funny about goals is that when you look at people in their respective sphere, whether it's buying a home, whether it's their job, whether it's football, people pretty much all have the same goals, okay? If you're working at a company, everybody wants to make more money. Pretty much everybody wants to move up. Everybody has similar goals. If you look at football, okay, 
Everybody wants to win a championship. Everybody wants to be a starter. Everyone wants to be on the field as much as possible. So while we have similar goals, we don't always have similar habits, right? Let's look at this with a football example. If you want to be the starter, that's a great goal to have. Let's say come time for game one, your coach tells you, hey, we're going with this other person. You're going to be the number two. You're the backup. When people get bad news like that, when people don't hit the goal they want, when they hit that roadblock, again, a lot of the times what they do is they shrink their goal. They say, oh, yeah, you know, that's okay. I didn't really want it anyways. Uh, I'm okay with being a backup. That's not the attitude they have. That's not the mindset they have. There's something you want. Let's figure out how you get it. A lot of the times, it only takes a little bit more to separate you from everybody else. It only takes a little bit more, that little extra oomph to hit your goals. In football, okay, what do you need to do? You got to do one more rep on all of your steps. You got to wake up one hour earlier to study more film. You got to stay an hour later to do some extra conditioning. There are things you can do, often easy, easily implementable activities that you can start doing to better yourself. So this is my challenge for you. Whether you're a football player, whether you're a first-time homebuyer, whether you're just listening to this for, for fun, I don't really care. This is my challenge. When you hit a roadblock, don't change your goal. Don't de decrease your goal. Increase your action and figure out how you're going to achieve it. Whatever you're dreaming of, it is possible. Believe in that and take the steps, take the necessary steps to reach your goal. So that's really all I want to talk about today. The last thing that I will say before I conclude this episode that is I have a resource for first-time home buyers. It's a little buyer's guide that I put together. Um, it's in the links. If you go down to the comments, the description, whatever you're watching or listening is, you know, you know what I mean? Um, you can go down to the comments and if you click on the link, it'll take you to my link tree and then you can download my buyer's guide. So that's more tailored for first-time home buyers. What it does is it goes over some, some useful financial information that's helpful in buying your first home. And it also outlines the process, right? There's a good chance that you've been renting apartments, that you've been on your own for some time, but that's pretty simple. It, a lot of times we just sign the lease and we move right in. There's, there's not much to it more than that. Uh, buying a house has quite a few more steps, right? There's getting pre-approved for your mortgage, there's having an inspector come out, there's making an offer, there are multiple things. So I wanted to create a simple outline that you can look at to start getting more familiar with the topic. So if you're a first time home buyer, I think that's a great resource, feel free to use that. Uh, but other than that, that's pretty much all I've got. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. I, I appreciate it greatly. Um, it means a lot to me and I'm, I'm glad to be doing this again. My goal is to try to get these out bi-weekly. We'll see how that goes. Uh, at least every month I would like to do an episode. So thank you, take care, and hope to see you next time on the next episode.